Welcome to God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Michael Stone. Michael's from breathworkonline.com. What he does is he does breathing exercises like all around the world. He does he has over 40,000 people he does breathing exercises with in over 100 countries and he comes on the podcast to explain pretty much what breathing exercises can do for you and like why why people do them and uh honestly I love this podcast. I've been doing breathing exercises for the last year and a half and they've just helped me out so much and I just gave me a lot of tremendous change in my life so I hope you guys uh, can get a little bit of that too Uh, please uh, like and subscribe to the podcast but let's get into this week's episode my guest this week Michael Stone welcome to another episode of God yay or nay I'm here today with Michael Stone Michael thank you for joining me you're welcome thank you for having me on the show Oh, I'm uh, I'm excited for this one. Um, so I uh, basically you uh, came up with this thing called neurodynamic breath work. Uh, you uh, support uh, have groups where you uh, run breath work for people all over the world uh, at breathworkonline.com, and this is something that's been so powerful for me uh, over the last year and a half. So uh, I, I want to really get into the deep dive of what this breath work is and how it can help bring change into our life. But uh, before we do that. Why don't you let my audience know a little bit about yourself and how did you really get into breath work and like what was your kind of journey into this place? Interesting question. <laughs> it started from childhood actually. And okay. so I'll go back, go back to the beginning just really quickly. <laughs> uh, so I, I was born in California, just kind of normal kid, no specific trauma. Everything was very natural and normal. Had a very nice childhood and uh, got into engineering. I was a chemical engineer at Berkeley and it was, I was unconsciously following really my father's pattern because I absolutely adored my father. I wanted to be just like him. So I, he was an engineer, so I wanted to be an engineer. And so I, I went into that and I went into graduate school and business and everything was rolling right along. And I was being very successful afterwards. I got into business and joined a big company just like my father did. Okay. And advanced in the company. So I was kind of following my unconscious track. And at a certain point, I was starting to look at my life and saying, okay, I'm very successful in my business life, in earning money, in moving ahead. I was good in, in the sciences. I was very interested in the, in the sciences in general and in working with my thinking mind. But anything that had to do with more connecting to my heart and to being more open and vulnerable, I was having a difficult time with. All my relationships ended up in pretty much disaster. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't even just like normal breakup. It was like catastrophic breakup. So, <laughs> and, and I was always blaming it on the women. I said, oh, I'm just not finding the right person. And uh, back then, I hadn't quite gotten to the point of looking at what's the common factor in all these relationships, which is obviously me, not the other person. <laughs> So it was clearly something I was doing, but I just didn't get it back then. And I just figured, I'm smart, I can figure this out. And, but I never could. And I was just repeating the same cycle over and over again. 
and then just moving ahead in my life. And I had this kind of imprint. I was going to get married about the same time that my father did and mother did, have a couple kids like they did, get to be a vice president in a big corporation like he did, and retire and live happily ever after. And so 32 years old, that was the time my father got married. I happened to be dating a certain woman. Okay, let's marry her. Not a good idea. It's not a good idea to marry someone that's in front of you when you think the time's right to get married yeah. in your life. <laughs> yeah, I can so, see that. <laughs> so of course, predictably, a couple of years later, we were divorced. And again, with me thinking, what did I do wrong? How come I can't figure this out? And that was when I started to really rethink my life because I'd kind of gone off the rails. Now my mind was going, oh my God, I kind of, it's too late to really get married and have kids at the right time. I'm off the track. What am I going to do? And so I started to relook at my entire life and to reevaluate it and start looking at, is this what I really want or is this really just kind of an imprint? And, and the first thing that I noticed was I wasn't really happy working in someone else's company. I wanted to do my own thing. I never really thought about that. So I quit my job and started my own company and, and successfully built and sold two or three, not online companies, but just kind of brick and mortar companies. But I was still having trouble with relationships and heart issues. Not like physiological heart issues, but opening my heart issues. Yeah. And so one day I met a woman who I wanted to date. And the problem was she was still living with her ex-boyfriend who she'd broken up with, but was still in the house. So I couldn't really get to spend any quality time with her. So one day she comes to me and says, Michael, will you take me down to Peru so I can see the pink dolphins in the rainforest? Now, in my mind, I'm going pink dolphins. Yeah, right. What the hell is a pink dolphin? But I'm going, okay, let's go. So I figure I can get her away for a week, get some quality time with her, maybe convince her to move out from her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So we ended up going down to South America and we went to this area on the Amazon River that had been purchased by this woman in the US to keep it from getting from the trees getting cut down to preserve it basically. And on the way out there, we were given the opportunity to have a, a local shaman go out with us. So I figured why not bring him along. Let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't speak any English. He was this little guy about four foot ten and who I couldn't even communicate with, but oh, bring him along. So <laughs> it was me and her and this shaman and then uh a couple other people, a translator when was cooking. And that first evening he comes up to us and he goes, how would you two like to, this is all through a translator, uh, do this religious experience we do down here. So I never just say yes to those kind of things. <laughs> like I'm, I don't just, you know, this is science of mind. Okay. What, what's really happening here? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going, okay, what does it involve? Uh, so he goes, oh, it's very simple and beautiful. It's like I walk out into the rainforest and I find these leaves and these vines and I bring them back, put them in this cauldron, boil it up, and you drink it and have this experience. So I'm ready to tell him, forget about this. You know, it's like I'm a chemical engineer where you mix 0.52 grams of this and 0.62 grams of that. You don't drink a witch's brew ever. <laughs> it's just not done. So... But before I could say a word, the woman I was with goes, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. <laughs> so now I'm stuck. It's yeah, like, I've got no, parts no, of, oh my go. God, I'm, I'm down here to impress her, to have some time with her. So what am I going to do? So my science mind is going, forget about it. Don't you dare do this. And, <laughs> and the other part of my mind is going, no, we have to do this or else we're wasting our whole week down here. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately the, that other part of my mind, one, I'm going, okay, 
if I die, at least it's in the rainforest, in these beautiful trees, whatever, let's go for it. Yeah. So we drank the little witch's brew, and it turned out to be ayahuasca, which I'd never heard of before in my life. I knew nothing about that kind of stuff. And for the first time in my life, I had this amazing experience of really feeling just connected to the universe in a very special way. I'd always felt very disconnected and like I had to just take care of myself. You know, I could never depend on anybody else. The world was an unsafe place. Mm -hmm. So for the first time, I felt like the universe was happening for me, not to me. It was really this profound shift that I had in this experience. And so after the experience, I came back to the U.S. And the thing with the woman didn't work out, but it didn't matter. She got me down to Peru. That yes, was the, and like, there actually are pink dolphins, even though I didn't think there were. So, <laughs> you know, so, but, so, so I did get to see a few pink dolphins along the way. But um, so when I got back, I figured, okay, if I can have this experience with the substance, the receptors are there in my brain, so there must be other ways to activate those receptors. So I started looking around for modalities and I tried all different kinds of things. And the thing that really kind of attracted me was breath work because I kind of fell into holotropic breath work. I checked out a couple other ones, which I kind of said no, because it was like the creator was going, oh, I downloaded this from the universe. Come try it out. I'm like, no, not interested. Yeah. yeah. But, but Stan Groff, who developed holotropic breath work, had done it in a very scientific way. He had originally worked with LSD psychotherapy and gotten amazing results with his patients where because their ego mind was kind of quiet enough to, to decide they could access and speak about things that were normally not available to them and heal and work on things. And when that was banned, he developed holotropic breath work as an alternative. And the way he did it was he researched historical societies to see what people had done historically to access these, what I call expanded states of awareness. Mm -hmm. And he also studied uh, modern, you know, uh, basically brain science and to see what was going on right now. And then he practiced with groups of people for over a period of months at Esalen to try to find out what is the best structure in a one day workshop for people to drop as deeply as possible into these experiences. And what he'd found was most consistent in historical societies in accessing these states were some type of sound, first of all, and then also something with the breath. Okay. For instance, in Buddhist meditation, you watch the breath. Mm -hmm. you watch the breath. In shamanic societies, they use rattling and drumming to put themselves into a trance state. That the shaman does in order to connect to this kind of universal field of information so he can kind of bring healing to people. So th those were the two factors he was working with. And he ultimately ended up with this all-day workshop, three-hour breathing sessions to music that he optimized based on his three-hour breathing sessions, what worked the best or what he felt worked the best. And that was how it was developed. So that really attracted me because I saw this kind of science mind behind the development. Yeah. And so I tried it, had an amazing experience and said, okay, I've got to continue with this and had a few more experiences. And finally, in those a series of experiences, I got to the bottom of why I was having so much trouble with relationships, which had been one of the major frustrations in my life, because I really felt like one of the things I wanted to accomplish in this lifetime was to have a successful relationship with a woman. It was very important to me. Mm -hmm. And so what I found was in one of my journeys, and 
many times what happens is in breath work, you can actually dive back into the past and kind of see it from a different perspective so that you can take something different from it or basically reinterpret it or reframe it to actually move you forward in your life instead of holding you back. And many times it's unconscious, these things that you're experiencing in your past. So in my case, I went back to my past and saw that when I was a child, my parents were both from Nazi Germany and Jewish, so they had to run for their lives before the war, had told me this whole story many, many times. And it was interesting because my mother's family had been in Germany for centuries. And what had happened was that, for instance, her father was given the Iron Cross, the highest award in World War One, because he'd saved a bunch of German lives. Um, one of my ancestors had paid off Napoleon to go around their village, not kill everybody and burn it to the ground. So he saved the whole village. Oh, wow. And, you know, then they had to run for their lives. And all their friends turned against them, the society turned against them. So I took what I took away from that was even though my parents never really told me this, what I took away was the world is an unsafe place. Mm -hmm. You cannot trust the world. You can only depend on yourself. If even you can't trust your friends or your country not to turn against you at a moment's notice, what can you trust? Okay. So once I saw that that was what this kind of unconscious pattern that I was basing my life on, I was going, of course I can't be in a successful relationship. It's like if you don't trust the other person, then, there's no way you can ever open up to the other person. Of course. So uh, suddenly it's like the, like the light bulb went off. Oh my God, it's like I've been making these women crazy. <laughs> but they wanted to have a relationship and I wouldn't open up completely. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, there were dramatic breakups, but I was creating the whole thing. So, and once I saw that, I could start to work with it. Mm-hmm. You know, once you bring it to consciousness. And so I started doing my own exercises. And when I saw that coming up, I would just put a stop to it and say, you know what? That's not real for me today. That was a decision I made when I was four or five years old. And I'm not going to let a five-year-old run my life. So... My relationship started to shift, and now I'm in a relationship that's lasted over eight years. It's amazing, and it completely shifted my life in that area. Oh, that's amazing. So so, um, then after that, I became a a certified holotropic breathwork facilitator because I just wanted to bring it to the world, bring it to my friends, bring it to L.A. Mm -hmm. No one was doing it in L.A. It's a two-year program, intensive. So I certified in that, and I started doing holotropic breathwork workshops in L.A. And seeing people get amazing results and also not only they shifted, but their families started shifting as they started kind of interacting with their families in a different way. And my biggest frustration was that I couldn't act really influence or have enough people in the workshops. Hmm. It's like an incredible project to put a workshop together. You have to have a huge venue, you know, you have to, you have to market, you have to get it out there. You have to look at medical forms you have to fly in facilitators. And I was really committed to having breath work make a difference in the world, make a difference in the consciousness of the world. So I needed to find a way to get it to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people in order to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So, and then in one of my breath work sessions, I just got it. You have to do this online. There's, that's the only way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. That's where the, the modality you're experiencing now started. And I went through what I think everybody probably goes through when they start something new, like the fear kicked in. Oh, my God, what if this doesn't work? You know, I'm like 65 years old. I'm going to start an online business at 65. Are 
Are you crazy? This is all my like little internal conditioning. Yeah. That's for 30 year olds, you know? You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you know, up until two years ago, I had a little flip phone. That oh, was nice. it. You know, where like when you had to text someone, if it was a C, you had to push the number three times. Yeah, Most yeah. people don't even remember that. <laughs> so I was anti technology. I didn't like social media. I was just like, ugh. So I was going, you know, who am I to be doing this? And, but once I got this kind of guidance from my, in my breathwork session, I'm going, I wouldn't have gotten this kind of um, glimpse of my future if it wasn't possible. And I just gave my brain the task, make this happen. And, you know, I'm very interested in neuroscience too. And that's really effective when you give your brain a job and tell it it needs to do something, it'll start to come up with the solutions. A hundred percent. And so I pushed forward and uh, two years later, have this amazing online community. You know, right now there's over 40,000 people in the community from 110 different countries. And it's just growing in leaps and bounds. And it really came from my working with breathwork and my using it to be able to shift my unconscious thinking patterns and open up new possibilities in my life and to be able to get beyond fear of trying something new, fear of failure, and just pushing through. A hundred percent. Yeah. Hey, Michael, thanks for sharing that story. <laughs> Honestly, like uh, you said so much and like, um, yeah, there's so many different tangents. I want to like go more in depth and just because like the one thing you're, uh, I just love is like how you can get into that space that you call, maybe you can say like that inner intelligence space where you're feeling that like, a, like a little, a different type of intelligence, but it gives you that guidance, it gives you the ability to change unconscious patterns. Like, yeah, I want to definitely get more into that, but I, uh, just for our audience list, before we do that, why don't you tell people what uh, holotropic uh, breathing is, like how it kind of works, and just so they can uh, get a little understanding of like what these workshops you do uh, is. Sure. So, uh, so first of all, actually, holotropic breathwork is what I trained in, but this is what I'm doing now is my own modality. So it's called neurodynamic breathworks, and it's quite different okay. from holotropic breathwork. So what happens is that during the workshop, so it's two hour workshop, and I spend the first half an hour just making sure people are oriented, they have the information they need to drop in as deeply as possible into the process and to do it safely. And then the process starts. And people do a faster and deeper breathing sequence, cl closed eyes while listening to music. And the music is very specifically designed to support people in dropping as deeply as possible into the process. It's about a one hour process in terms of the breathing. And there's three things that are going on during the breath work and they all weave together to create the process. The first is there's a physiological change that happens in your body from doing faster, deeper breathing. And what's happening is, is that your blood gets more alkaline and it's creating certain shifts in your body chemistry so that there's a certain part of your brain that's called the default mode network that actually shows less activity during this breath work based on the physiological changes that are happening, the changes in blood flow, the changes in oxygen, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And th that's the part of your brain, it, inclu it includes the frontal cortex that is responsible for creating the mental constructs of self and ego. So when there's less activity in that part of the brain, then this kind of hold that the ego mind has on us, this iron hold in our everyday life gets weakened. Mm -hmm. And the ego mind kind of goes, it's not like you're unaware of what's happening, but it's more like the 
chit chat that's constantly in your head it quiets down, down yeah. and it, it's off to the side watching. Yeah. So you're aware of what's happening, but you don't have this constant chit chat that's keeping you from get, connecting to this inner intelligence, and, inner wisdom. And keeping you from your mind from wandering all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So, you, so your mind is just present. You're just in a place of being mm -hmm. and you're just connected to this inner guidance. So that's like the first piece of it that makes it work. The second piece is giving yourself permission to release and to open up. And during 99% of our life, we're always suppressing. Mm -hmm. And we're suppressing because we don't think we'll look good or because we think we'll fail or people won't like us or whatever it is. And just giving yourself permission to completely let go and to completely open up has an incredible impact on your psyche. And so during the experiences, sometimes even before the deeper, faster breathing starts, people will start to drop into their experience just from giving themselves permission to release. Mm -hmm. So it's incredibly powerful. And the third thing is the music. And the music is specifically designed, music is kind of like, I would call it the universal language or the language of the soul because it does kind of have an impact on you. Mm -hmm. And this is specifically designed to support you in diving as deeply as possible into the process. So it's kind of like this river of sound that you're flowing on during the session to actually dive as deeply as possible as you can. I so, understand that, yeah. Um, well, hey, music in itself, like when you're listening to a song that you're just completely enthralled with, like usually your mind ends up silencing and you actually get more... Um, absorbed into that song so I can 100% see like how it can help with this breathing exercise if it's designed properly to like exactly it, right exactly correct and uh, yeah okay so like this is uh, impressive and like so I like how you said uh, like the default mode um, network this is part of your brain so when you do this breathing exercise this actually shuts like down that like talking like monkey mind that you have and this kind of allows you to get into more of the deeper intelligence and uh and then that's where you can now uh, make those changes like especially like unconscious changes and it's kind of funny how you said like you have to give yourself permission to like be able to accept this experience because it, it can be very overwhelming the first time you um start like getting into these kind of uh kind of states of mind because like it almost feels like well you're losing yourself like it feels like you're losing the one thing that you're most like familiar with exactly and that's like your your speaking self and like i'll tell you like I've, I've had like over a decade of experience in meditation i've also have uh done ayahuasca many times and like uh in all of these experiences it's the exact same thing too you have to have that vulnerability to give yourself permission to just allow this experience to happen and that's kind of when healing can take place. Uh, is that kind of how you experience it as well? Absolutely. And it's really about surrender and let go. That's, and we're so not used to doing that. We're so used to trying to control things and to control our life and to create order in our life. And just the experience of complete surrender and let go is an amazing experience that you can imprint in breath work and also bring back into your life. And people spend almost their entire lives judging, comparing, expecting, and almost never are in a space where they just absorb and enjoy the moment. They're just present. Mm -hmm. 
And that's the space you get to when you're in breath work. You're just in the moment. You're not expecting. You're not judging. You're not comparing. And it's you're just being. And it's, it's just this incredible experience. And then once you can imprint that in breath work, if you start to make an effort to actually bring that into your life, and when you notice you're starting to judge and, and set expectations, just say, okay, I'm doing that again, and bring yourself present. It's like a meditation you can bring back into your life to be yeah. more present and have a more full experience of every moment in life. Exactly. And like, uh, I remember uh, reading on your website, like you were saying, like when you're um, when you keep doing this breath work over and over again, you're just kind of strengthening those connections in your uh, in your brain, and uh, then it makes it easier for you to kind of get into this uh, area a lot more. Is that am I saying that properly? Well, my my theory was when I started this breath work, and in general, in everyday breath work that you do in like in person everyday life, you'll do a session maybe once a month or something like that, or once every two months. Because mm -hmm. people who put on breath work seminars don't usually do them a lot because there's so much energy and effort to put on. Mm -hmm. So my theory is, is that just like in, like there's a basic neuroscience theory that the neurons that fire together, wire together. And that's, that's been known for 20 years. And so my theory was that if you start doing breath work on a regular basis and you start to connect to this inner intelligence once a week or twice a week or three times a week, you'll start to strengthen that neural pathway and be able to access it in an easier way in your everyday life just by slowing down, taking a few deep breaths and just quieting your mind and looking at it. And those kind of things don't happen overnight. You know, those are kind of more where you have to do it on a regular basis for a while and really create a practice. But now we, we are getting people who are, who have been in it for a period of time, who are starting to say that they are noticing that in their life. A hundred percent. Yeah. And um, so, like, I'll actually tell you just a personal story. Like, when I started uh, doing breath work, like, a year and a half ago, and then when, once it really started hitting after about six, seven months, and I was really, like, starting to feel the benefits of this, then like how you were saying, like I was gaining that awareness um, in my regular life. And like, so I'm a comedian. So when I was living in Toronto downtown, like a lot of the times I'm walking to different shows and I started becoming aware of just my, like just kind of my inner state of mind before I'm walking to a show. And I started noticing that certain states of mind will make it that I had a worse show. Then I started actually noticing that just because I was bringing more awareness in my life. So I actually started doing the breathing exercises when I was walking <laughs> to the shows where I was like, okay, like I'm in a too high of an energy. I need to slow down my breath or I'm not in a high enough energy. So I would like take big, deep breaths and like bring a lot of energy into my body. And I was starting to actually change my states and I was, my comedy started getting better because of that. And, uh, so like this is actually a really cool way of like how like when you start really understanding like what this breath work can do that you can actually start bringing this into your life all the time and then yeah you can create these kind of like big changes like it made my comedy better I really do believe that and uh, like now I'm getting so much more opportunity in my like comedy career so like I really do kind of owe it to that and it seems like to you it was the same thing it you you got uh, um, actual like career advice almost and like how to start your uh, online thing from your breath work and you also found out how to like heal your relationships from it too so like 
Yeah, maybe you can kind of talk about that a little bit more about like how you've seen people in their lives like maybe create uh, change or even like deal with certain ailments. Like uh, I know, I know you you were talking about like anxiety and depression is something that a lot of people uh, um, are helped out with. So maybe if you can uh, maybe tell, talk about that a little bit. Sure. In most people, when they have ailments or issues in their body, there's two factors. One is there's a physical component and there's also an emotional component. So it's not just something physical, there's something emotionally that's attached to it and like the two are put together. And if you can release the emotional component, many times the physical component will, will actually get better. So I've seen people, for instance, that have issues with their body where they're, they have some kind of constant pain and after having emotional releases in the breath work, it isn't as bad anymore. You know, that type of thing. And also with anxiety, as an example, we tend to repress emotions that we don't want into our body because we don't want to feel them. Like the positive emotions we'll feel and process through. What we consider the negative emotions will suppress back into our body. And we'll either do it psychologically or even physiologically through taking pills. Okay. You know, it's like we get a headache, we take an aspirin. You know, we don't try to look and see what's causing the headache, you know, what's going on in the first place. We just take the aspirin so we can just continue on with our day, you know, instead of getting to the root cause and seeing what's really happening. Mm -hmm. And so when, for instance, with anxiety, I've seen people in the breath work, when something comes up, like the, their anxiety may actually come up. And, but instead of suppressing it and repressing it, they actually allow themselves to fully feel it without any type of um, suppression at all. Mm -hmm. And even though it brings up fear, you know, it brings up a response of resistance, but they are committed to working through this. They work through the fear. They allow themselves to fully feel it. And anything that's fully felt can never stay the same after that. It always shifts to something else. It's only when you're fighting against it that it stays the same. Yeah, yeah, so resistance kind of. Exactly. So if you start to fully feel things, and just allow them to come up and not suppress them in any way, even if it's uncomfortable in the moment, it starts to have a weaker hold on you in your life. Mm -hmm. And for instance, there was one woman who was in a breathwork session who every day in her life, when she woke up in the morning, you know, in the past year before she came, she had an anxiety attack okay. every morning. She didn't even want to go to sleep because she knew in the morning she'd have to go through this. Oh, wow. And in breath work, she actually processed through and, and the anxiety started to come. And it came and it came. And, but she actually allowed herself to feel it and process through it. And once she actually did that, the next morning when she woke up, she still had an anxiety attack, but it wasn't as strong. It was weaker. It didn't pull her as much. And it, it just didn't have as much of a hold on her. And as she practiced more and more, it got weaker and weaker and weaker. So it's, it's very individual in terms of, you know, what type of relief you're going to get or what the, how long it's going to take or the different process. But the underlying principle is if you allow yourself to fully accept, receive, process through something, it's going to weaken its hold on you in the future. That, yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. I wonder why that is like too, because like uh, this is kind of a theme that's been coming up in a lot of my podcasts and like. I deal with people in like so many different kinds of fields, but like it is a similar theme that comes up of uh, 
being able to accept and fully experience something that really does weaken that hold on it. And, like, it really, like, that's kind of, like, how, like, healing kind of happens. And, like, so is this, like, are you seeing kind of similar patterns with, like, healing? Like, how do you, like, now see healing, like, that since you've been doing this, like, breath work for so long? I believe that every person, and as we talked about before, has this connection to what I call inner guiding intelligence. And in the same way that our body knows, like if we have a cut, our mind doesn't have to figure out how to heal it. Our body knows exactly what to do. Thank God, because if we had to do it with our mind, we'd never heal anything. <laughs> and in the same way, our psyche has this drive towards wholeness and healing. It's just that we get in the way. Like when we throw anxiety in, when we, you know, all these chemicals come into our body, cortisol, stress chemicals, that really get in the way of our body doing its work. And the more we can clear all that stuff out, the more we can access this amazing body wisdom and body intelligence that we have. And that really will allow us to move forward in working through things in our body and in our psyche that have been bothering us and holding us back. So I do believe that we have this amazing capability for self-healing that we're just normally not capable of fully accessing or allowing to do its work. And and just to be clear, I'm not saying that people shouldn't take medicine, people shouldn't take pills. Many times, it's you know, Western medicine has done amazing things and has these amazing um, ways for people to work through stuff that they could never work through before. It's it's almost miraculous. But in terms of things like anxiety or depression, it's like half the world's on anti-depression medication or anti-anxiety medication. Exactly. And so I think that if people would give themselves a chance to really work through it themselves in a, in a safe way, in a way where they feel safe and in a way where they can allow themselves to process through it, that there is a, another pathway to, to try and to work with, to, you know, to see if they can work through it themselves. Mm -hmm. And part of what in breath work I think is very important is I call it a modality of self-empowerment or radical self-empowerment because you start to see that your body has this amazing healing capability and also that your psyche really does have all the answers if you can just access. You don't have to give away your power to someone else to figure out what's my purpose in life or what do I need to do now or, or how do I work through this. It's already inside of you. It's just that we, we're normally very disconnected from it. And breath work is one pathway you can use to actually quiet the ego mind and connect to this amazing inner wisdom. Some people get downloads about problems they have in their life. You know, other people get can get some improvement in, you know, physical issues. Uh, other people can go, go back and reframe things from their childhood in a very powerful way so that it no longer holds them back. It actually can move them forward in their life. Mm -hmm. So all these things are available when you quiet this kind of ego chit-chat mind that's this, this constant thought, repetitive thought patterns that create this biology and physiology in your being that really keeps you from connecting from this inner wisdom. Yeah, and uh, like how you said, uh, like how our psyche is like our body and it just kind of heals itself as well. I, I, I really do love that. And uh, yeah, I, I, like I really do agree with it. It's like you just have to get out of the way and like let it do its thing and like it, it'll do it, it itself. And um, how you were saying like it can also give you the answers for kind of like uh, guidance and stuff like that in life. Like um, 
like I said, with my own story as well, like, uh, so I started doing it about a year and a half ago, but like so much has actually changed in like the last year and a half. And, um, uh, yeah, this really did like allow me like just to be every day, every day kind of doing my breath work and kind of jumping back into that, uh, into that space is like allowed me to kind of keep my inner compass kind of like pointed in the direction that I want to go. And like, just because of that, my life is like starting to go into that direction and I've seen those changes and I'm seeing positive things come my way because of that. And uh, this is a big one that I, I do want to like people like, cause I think a lot of people listen to my podcast cause they like understand that like creating change in your life, getting guidance in your life. And like, it is true that like when you have that inner connection, there's something about that, that, that can give you those answers, like where to go and like, kind of like it, it comes into you, like, or it just comes to you, which is, uh, yeah, which is like, just, it's amazing. It's really amazing. I think everybody has had types of experiences at various points in their life where all of a sudden they get this kind of creative flash. Oh yeah, this is how I need, what I need to do right now. Or, you know, many times it's just kind of when you're relaxing and it just comes to you or you wake up in the morning and you get an, like this answer to a problem. It's just that it's very um, occasionally that we can access. Mm-hmm. And, and it's especially easiest like in the middle of the night or in the morning when your ego mind is the quietest, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of kind of to connect to this. But breathwork is a way where you can really consciously connect to this inner wisdom in, in a very beautiful way. Yeah. And uh, like you were saying, sometimes like with the mind, you can tell the mind like what you're working on or ask it a question and like then like kind of just do your thing. And like eventually that question comes to you. And like this is the best way I started like looking at the mind is like kind of seeing it as a tool that like rather than um, like, you know, rather than I always used to give myself restrictions and just be like, oh, that's impossible or oh, that's not how stuff works or society. You know, I used to start like used to have that kind of shit in the back of my head, which is just nothing that comes out of that is positive. But now I look at my mind as just like a tool to just kind of be like, oh, uh, like, hey, I want to do this. And uh, how am I going to do this? And like, I just kind of ask my mind that and like, eventually that answer comes back to me and like I start asking my mind like the questions I want or I want this in my life and like eventually that kind of the stuff comes to me like and like when I started looking at my mind like that then now I just don't look at I don't give my mind any restrictions I just it's open possibility for everything now because I just realized when you give your mind your restriction it's just a tool your mind will just be like oh that's a restriction all right then I won't even go there but like 100 if you, if you give it the possibility and just be like hey anything's possible and I know some people like listen oh not everything's possible but who cares your mind doesn't work like that just tell it <laughs> that everything's possible and mm-hmm. like then more possibilities come your way Exactly. And one of the really nice things about breathwork is because many times we can consciously tell our mind something, but we have this unconscious thinking pattern that's telling it something else. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, yeah, I can do this, but unconsciously from something that happened when you were five or six or seven years old, you don't even remember. It's also being told, no, we can't do this. And you know, this like happened to us. You know, so it's a tug of war. And so during breath work, many times you can go back and unravel, like I did, one of these unconscious thinking patterns. So then you can get your conscious and your unconscious moving in the same direction very powerfully. And then when you can tell your mind to do something and both your unconscious and conscious are in the same page, your mind will really work for you in a very powerful way. Mm-hmm. And 
One interesting thing is, and this is from a neuroscience perspective, is that many people think that you're in a situation right now and you have your past, which was fixed, and your future is kind of an extension of your past. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of this you know, straight line from your past. And what most people don't realize is that we're reframing and restructuring our past all the time. And anytime you change your current worldview, your mind actually changes the facts of your past. And as an example, they, they did a study where they gave 100 people uh, end-of-life questionnaire, where they had questions to answer, and then they gave the same people the same questionnaire a year later. And out of those people, a certain percentage had changed their minds. But out of the people that changed their mind, most of them insisted that they'd answered the same way the year before. They completely shifted. Like, this is only a year before. This is not childhood. Where they were going, no, I said exactly the same a year before. Because the brain hates dissonance. Okay. It wants to put everything. So if you change your worldview right now, it will not only open up new possibilities in your future, it will change your actual recollection of your past because it will reorient it in a way that agrees with your current worldview. So shifts in the moment have an incredibly powerful impact on your future. Because you're not only changing your current moment, you're changing your entire past. That's insane. That's, <laughs> I've never seen someone put it like that before. That's uh, crazy. <laughs> I, I really like that, man. That's, um, I, I never knew that. Yeah, like that's a perfect way to say it. Like you're changing your past as well. And yeah, like even like just changing the way you like look at your past and your memories and stuff and like just shifting the way you look at a memory I know can like shift the way you go in the future so like how you explain that like even switching your worldview and stuff like that like that's very powerful michael <laughs> i um, i can give you one one example from breathwork there was a man who had had uh, abuse in his childhood from his parents and he had this one experience when he was i think like 10 or 11 years old where he almost died and that experience that held him back his entire life because he had to always thought there was something wrong with me. Otherwise, why would that have happened to me? Uh, I'm damaged goods kind of thing. That was kind of running in his head and holding him back. And during the breath work, he actually went back to that experience. And what he saw was that in the moment that the experience happened, it actually was not something that was horrible for him. He actually connected to this kind of divine protection that he felt from the universe where he, even though this horrible thing was happening to him and he knew it wasn't right, he felt and he knew that he would be okay and that he was protected and that he could handle anything in life. He said, if I can handle this and I feel protected in this instance, I can handle anything going forward. I have to remember this in life. This is incredibly important. I can take any risk. I can move forward. I can try things and I will be protected. And, but what happened was in the days that followed, when he started to talk to other people about it, the reaction he got was, oh my God, that's so horrible. Oh my God, you have to go to therapy. You're, you're damaged for life. You're never gonna get over this. Yeah. Are, you, oh, are you feeling ashamed? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And he totally forgot about that first instance when he just felt protection. That was the main thing that he felt. Mm -hmm. And now that he went, when he went back to that and he saw it and, and saw his past in a different way, 
he completely led his life from a totally different perspective. And he said his life completely changed. It was never the same again. Just from that one breathwork experience where he now led life from a, again, from a perspective of the universe is happening for me, not to me. And I can do anything I want to do. I can manifest anything I want in my life. I will always be protected. So it completely transformed his life just from reframing that one experience from his childhood. Yeah. Wow. That, that is a great story. And like, yeah, reframing, telling a different story about your past, reframing the past, your memories, like stuff like this. Like these are so powerful. And I think it's part of any kind of self-exploration, self-transformation kind of um, mindset. Like if anybody's going down the path of like trying to make some, bring some change into your life, bring some guidance. Like these are the kind of things you're going to have to eventually do because everyone's different. Everyone has different memories. Everyone has different paths that they will eventually have to kind of look at and reframe or even reframe the stuff in your life right now. And like, yeah, it's very, very powerful. And, and it's important to know that it's not what happened so much. It's the meaning that you created in that moment about what happened the story you created around it. And most of those meanings were created when we were four, five, six, seven years old. So if we don't go back and really look at what's going on there, and because we had very limited capacity to take a broader look when we were a child and seeing what's really going on. And if we never go back and really see kind of what happened from an adult perspective, you're basically letting a five-year-old run your life. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you, if you just talk to someone, that's irrational. Who would let a five-year-old run your life, right? Just go to a five-year-old and say, tell me what to do. Tell me what I need to do in my life. You know, are you crazy? I wouldn't do that, but we do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. five years old, I wanted to be a pizza delivery guy. So <laughs> I got it over. Maybe the guy had a point. We'll see. <laughs> uh, all right, Michael, uh, this is the name of the podcast. So I got to ask you the question. So Michael Stone, God, yay or nay? I believe that we all have a part of our psyche that's connected to all that is. And we all have access to this amazing creative impulse that's our birthright to all human beings. So I do believe we have this godlike essence inside of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's the way I would put it. That's the way I see it. This ability to create, to manifest, to connect, to really create and open up any possibility in our life. So to me, that's a godlike essence that we all have this ability to create something from nothing. Mm -hmm. And hey, I, I can uh, I can agree with that, man. <laughs> like, uh, trust me, I, I understand what you're talking about. And uh, no, that's like a good way to look at it. And it's kind of nice uh, seeing that come in uh, from you because you have such like a scientific, uh, mathematic kind of background. So like uh yeah it's it's interesting and I, I love the like transformation you made in your life from that like uh being very like good in the scientific logical part of your mind where you're being able to build this business and being able to like become very successful in the way that our society looks at it of like oh this guy has everything kind of thing but then also like having the one part of your life where you weren't whole and like you found a way to kind of bring a more wholeness into your life so you can have kind of successful yeah. be successful in every kind of part and like really that's pretty much success is not success unless if you have that wholeness to it right yeah and and by the way that that question you answer, asked me about god i would have answered it very differently when i was a child okay but i've had so many experiences over the last 15 years where i've seen that i'm able to create things that i never thought was possible to me 
science is about like you can't deny experience. So oh, yeah. it's like if I see it happening within myself, then like you know, what can you do? That's uh, it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that it's the one thing with uh, like maybe uh, cause like hey, I'm a scientific mind too. I got my uh, BSc as well, and like uh, like I was eventually I was supposed to go into medicine if comedy didn't uh, uh sweep me up, but uh, the one thing I think the only blind spot with science is like we don't really have uh a way to look at our experiences and like make kind of empirical evidence out of that just because it's a very hard thing to do how do you really do it uh that's why we always look for stuff to measure so like we kind of like oh like let's look at the hormones in our body and see how they changed and like that's how we'll kind of like uh measure this thing and it's like yeah you can do that i get it but like at the end of the day these experiences are like uh something that you really can't measure and like they're sometimes become like the most important parts of like people's lives. And science is amazing. It's created amazing shifts in the world and the whole scientific method and with technology. And, but the most important question in life, which from my perspective is the one it hasn't answered, which is what is consciousness and how does it work? Mm -hmm. And that's still a mystery. It's a very big <laughs> mystery. And uh, it's always nice seeing uh, people looking at it from different angles. Uh, all right, uh, so uh, Michael, uh, we're pretty much uh, near the end of the um, end of the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, I want, I really want uh, people to be trying this breath work. So maybe give them like another little idea of like uh, where to find the breath work and what to kind of expect. Because like uh, also you were saying like there is a little bit of a process here. So like uh, yeah, kind of give them the idea of like what to expect uh, if you're trying to get sure. into this breath work. Right. And, and first of all, I don't want um, to have people think that like breathwork is this magic pill and all of a sudden you have a breathwork session and everything shifts in your life. Mm -hmm. Breathwork is a journey and a process just like everything else. And like, for instance, people who have seen shifts in like less pain in their body, it, it, it takes weeks or months to, it doesn't happen in one session. Mm -hmm. So what people can expect is they can come in and they're going to get instructions and be really clear on what they need to do and feel safe in the process. They're going to be breathing faster and deeper with their eyes closed to music. And do they just allow whatever wants to happen to happen? They don't have to do anything. It's not like this. I'm going to push through this. It's just this opening and allowing and surrendering. And it's an entire range of possibilities that can happen. Some people will get body releases of tension and stress that's stuck in their body. Other people will get visuals where they go back to their childhood or, or see other things that have some kind of message from their psyche to them. Uh, other people will have re-experiences of their birth process, which is also an incredibly intense because it's really the most traumatic thing that ever happens to you when you get born, you know, pushing through for life and you know, that type of thing. Other people will have what we call biographical experiences. So it's the, the entire range of possibilities there. I'd say for first time breathers, one of the most common is our release of body tensions and stresses. Because anytime we suppress an emotion into our body, there is always this bioenergetic block that's attached to it. And if we don't do any release work, it starts to really create havoc with our body's ability to support us in the way it should, with our immune system, with feeling vibrant in life when we wake up, mm -hmm. instead of lethargic as our body's spending so much energy pushing through these blocks. Mm -hmm. So many times the first types of experiences will be very powerful body releases. But 
it's just a journey and everybody has the experience that their inner guide brings them in that moment. It's different each time. That's what's so beautiful about it. It's never the same. I have people who do it once a week, three times a week, twice a month, you know, whenever they feel called to do another session, they do. And the experience is always different and always very powerful. And, and sometimes it's more gentle, sometimes it's more strong, but it, you, you can feel safe in knowing that your inner guidance will bring you the experience that you're ready to have, capable of processing, and will be most efficient and effective for you to have in that experience. And everybody's invited to try a free session if they'd like to. Oh, um, nice. With experiential stuff, uh, ultimately, I can talk to you about it for five hours, but the only way to really know is to try it out for yourself. 100%, yes. And all they have to do is go to the website. It's breathworkonline.com. Right. And uh, there's a big button there that says try a free breathwork session. Nice. And would love to have you check it out for yourself and uh, see for yourself how it works for you. All right. I'll uh, link that in the description of the podcast. So everyone, please check that out and do a do a free breathwork trial. Come on, guys. This is uh, this is like powerful stuff. And I really hope people uh, try this out because, uh, yeah, if they're loving the uh, whole themes I always talk about on this podcast, like this is such a powerful uh, exercise. I think uh, they'll definitely love uh, to give it a shot and like see where it takes them. All right. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Michael. Uh, I really do appreciate uh, you doing this podcast and I uh, hope we can do it again in the future. And I wish you the best. Thanks so much for, for inviting me on. I appreciate it. All right. That was this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I appreciate it. Please subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. It really does help. And also check me out on social media. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at NewerKidWai. On Facebook, it's NewerKidWai Comedian. I'm constantly putting updates about the podcast when new ones come out. I put up podcast clips. And uh, yeah, I also put up comedy stuff, comedy dates, comedy clips, and different stuff like that. So uh, you can come check out, have a laugh, and get keep up to date on the podcast. Until next time, this is another episode of God Yay or Nay. <laughs>